Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Green Podcast. My name's Justin Clark, and for this episode I speak to Lauren Singer, who's an expert on how to live without producing any trash. In our discussion, she explains some of her strategies, including how to make your own toothpaste, how to keep old clothes out of a landfill, how to buy olive oil without any packaging, and more. And we also talk about the company she's launching called The Simply Co., whose first product will be an environmentally friendly laundry detergent sold in compostable packaging. Her company website is thesimplyco.com, and her personal blog is trashisfortossers.com. And if you don't want to write down those links, then just visit thegreenpodcast.com, where you can find those links, as well as links to other resources that Lauren mentions in our discussion. I personally try to live with a small environmental footprint, but Lauren has a much smaller one, and I learned a lot from her, and I hope that you will also. And here is our conversation. Welcome to the Green Podcast. My name's Justin Clark, and with me is Lauren Singer, who lives a trash-free life and blogs about it at trashisfortossers.com, and who's in the middle of launching a green business called The Simply Co. Lauren, welcome to the Green Podcast. Thank you for having me. So I'd like to talk about your blog and about your company and also about your life and, and how you live it in an environmentally friendly way. But to start with, I'd like to ask, how old were you when you first started to care about the state of the environment, and was there anything in particular that made you start to care? Um, I think I've always had a connection with the environment. I grew up, you know, in a house in upstate New York that was right on a Native American reservation, and I always used to play outside and was always really into nature. When I was a senior in high school, I read the book Silent Spring by Rachel Carson, and that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, the human effects of chemicals on the environment. and from there, I decided to kind of start pursuing environmental science, and I started I started actually NYU as a journalism major, transitioned to environmental studies because I felt like it was the thing that I, the topic that I talked about most passionately and what I felt really strongly about. And so right around that time, I started protesting fracking a lot. I saw a documentary called Gasland produced by Josh Fox, and that really got me involved in the anti-fracking movement and, you know, going against big oil and gas. And that's kind of when I started to have, it was my first kind of tangible thing that I did in order, you know, for the environment. At first, I was caring about the environment, but protesting was kind of my gateway into the lifestyle I live now. And there was one point where you kind of made a jump to living much more environmentally friendly than you were before. What made that happen? Well, you know, when I was protesting and everything, I was always talking about how I felt about the environment and doing things like saying, you know, I'm really against big oil and big, big gas. And there was kind of one moment that hit me really hard. It was when I was in my environmental studies class when I was a senior and there was a girl that was using plastic every day. She had a plastic clamshell full of food and a plastic water bottle, plastic silverware. And it really frustrated me because I would watch her throw it out every day. One day I came home from class and opened my fridge and kind of noticed that everything that I had was packaged in plastic. And I realized that 
there was a misalignment with how I was living. I was, here I was, you know, protesting big oil, and then I was using the oil industry's byproduct, which is plastic, and it just didn't align, so I decided to quit plastic. And then from there, I was researching recipes for, you know, how to transition from plastic to learning to make my own toothpaste and my own cleaning products. And I came across a blog called The Zero Waste Home by Bea Johnson. She's a mother in Mill Valley, California that lives a zero waste life. And I was really inspired by her and decided to just go for it. That's cool. And so now, I believe you're 23 years old. How is your life different from the average 23-year-old in terms of the products you buy? And I mean, for all intents and purposes, I, I would say that my life is the same. The only thing is, you know, what you said, it's like I, I don't buy products. I make them myself. So that's what I would say is the biggest difference. So instead of going to the store and buying toothpaste, I make it myself. Instead of going to the store and buying deodorant, I make it myself. Let's talk about deodorant because I've experimented with a few different kind of options, some apparently more environmentally friendly and, and more people-friendly than others. I haven't found anything that has actually worked. I can totally empathize with that. I tried so many different natural brands and you know, none of them really worked as well as I wanted them to, but the recipe that I use was the one that worked for my body. Some work better for others, but the one that I use is great for me. It totally works for me, but I had to try a bunch of different recipes and a bunch of different brands before I found something that really worked. Is your deodorant recipe complicated, or can you kind of explain what it is? It's really simple. I just use baking soda, arrowroot powder, coconut oil, and lavender oil. It's really, really simple. You know, other recipes will use clays and other essential oils and, you know, beeswax or whatever, but mine works really well for me, and it's very simple, just four ingredients. And how about food? You must buy different food. You wouldn't buy food that's packaged in, say, plastic. Exactly. I buy my food in bulk at the market. So I'll bring my own mason jars or organic cotton reusable bags and fill it with food in the bulk section at the store. Or I'll get a lot of my fruits and vegetables either at the same shop that I go to in New York City or at the farmer's market. I go to the farmer's market every Saturday to drop off my compost. So I'll also do some food shopping there. So say for breakfast, for example, what's a typical breakfast for you? I'm not a breakfast person, oh. but I'll have <laughs> coffee. I'm a coffee person for sure, and I'll make coffee in my French press from coffee that I bought in bulk. Again, you can put it in the reusable cotton bag, and then I'll make it in my French press, or I'll go to the coffee shop and bring my own mason jar to have them fill it up. And how about liquids like, say, olive oil or milk? I stopped using milk because it's extremely pasteurized. And, you know, a lot of the good bacteria in the milk is killed through that process. You can't get raw milk in New York, unfortunately. And so I stopped buying it. But things like olive oil, I can buy in bulk at my local store. So when you say buy in bulk, does it come in packaging or or does your store let you bring your own bin and fill it up? Yep, you can bring your own container. So I'll just bring a mason jar and fill it up with olive oil. Ah, I wish they had that in my city. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it took some time, but... Something that I didn't even do in the beginning was, you know, you can talk to your local stores and ask them to carry certain things. My store used to only carry one cent of Castile silk in bulk, and then I asked them to carry another, and they did. 
So you can always have a conversation with the people that are running the shops. I'm sure they're happy to get the feedback. It's a good idea. And so speaking of soap, is that like bar soap that comes with no package? I'm talking about organic liquid Castile soap that oh. you can just get in bulk. But I also use unpackaged bar soap. And a couple other products I'm kind of interested in because I, I'm not sure what to do about them myself. Toothpaste. Toothpaste I make myself. It's really simple. My recipe is on my blog, but essentially it's just coconut oil, baking soda, and organic peppermint essential oil. And that's all I use. And does that work as effectively as, say, fluoride? Well, I know there's a lot of controversy about fluoride. Yeah, I think my, my teeth always feel clean. My mouth feels clean. I don't notice any difference. So I prefer it because I know I'm not putting chemicals, you know, into my body using a toothpaste with miscellaneous ingredients and things like SLS. So I just prefer to use something that I have complete control over of what goes into it. Do you floss? I do. And I use a 100% cotton floss that's coated in beeswax, so it's 100% compostable. So I will compost it, and then it comes in a 100% recyclable little container. Where do you find that? Is that one of those things where you had to ask your store to get it? Because No, you can find that at any natural food store. Really? What's the brand? I don't know off the top of my head. All right, I can get that from you after. And how about clothing, including shoes? How do you deal with that? I buy all of my clothing secondhand at different stores, and I'll buy all of my shoes secondhand as well. And, you know, I haven't bought shoes in a while, actually. I have a couple pairs that I really love and wear kind of to death, and I just got into going to the cobbler and having them repaired as opposed to buying new shoes. And when your clothing and shoes ultimately do reach the end of their lives and they're not repairable anymore, I guess they will go into the garbage at that point? No, they won't. Oh. With my clothing, there's actually a really cool program in New York City. They do textile recycling. So either they will take the clothes and if they're wearable, they'll, de- they'll donate them. If they're not, they'll actually grind them up and turn them into fabric. So turn them into new clothes. Exactly which is a really awesome thing. And they have that at every farmer's market in New York City. I kind of think they don't have those things where I live, but maybe I should investigate it more. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that you don't know about until you know about it. And you'd be surprised. A lot of cities have programs like that, and they're small. I'm sure there are also programs where you can send your clothes to be recycled. It just takes some research. What I do or have been doing recently is when my clothes die, I turn them into rags. And then I kind of use them in the place of paper towels. And then when the rags die, then, yeah, I throw them in the garbage. So, Well, if you have, like, 100% cotton or linen or hemp clothing, you could actually compost it as opposed to throwing it away. I've looked into hemp clothing a little, and I, it does not seem very common. Do you know where to get that, or is it common in your city? Yeah, you can Order it online. There are a lot of stores in New York City that have hemp clothing. I know it's really big in California. But, yeah, there are a lot of companies that offer it. And you can get 100% organic hemp. And then with that, you know, it's the same thing. It's a natural fiber, so it can just compost once you're done with it. All right. I'll have to check that out. Your blog, you started that, I think, early last year. Is that right? About a little over two years ago. A little over two years ago? Looking at the number of comments you get on your post, it seems like it's become pretty popular very quickly. 
how did that happen? I would say it's like partially magic. I think a lot of it is, you know, a byproduct of my Kickstarter that I launched for my company. And then I think a lot of it is also because of an article that I wrote for Mind Body Green that kind of blew up unexpectedly. And yeah, I think that's just driven a lot of traffic to my blog. And can you explain a bit about the Kickstarter campaign and your company? Sure. So I have a company that I just recently launched called The Simply Co. It will be a line of organic cleaning products, starting with an organic vegan three-ingredient laundry powder. Um, And I launched the Kickstarter about two weeks ago, hoping to raise $10,000 to launch my company. It turned out that I made that goal in just 48 hours, and by the end of the 30 days, I had made over $41,000 to start my company, which was really cool because it made me feel like there's really a demand for toxic-free cleaning products and that people really support a shift in consumerism away from really dirty cleaning products towards something that is very transparent, that has fewer ingredients. It made me feel really inspired. So you said your first product is going to be laundry detergent? Mm-hmm. How did you decide on that? It's just one of those products that I didn't see exist, you know, on the natural product shelves. I think a lot of laundry detergents are better than, you know, conventional cleaning products that are out there. They have fewer chemicals. But I didn't see anything that was really, really pure. And so I felt like there was a really good gap in the market for a product like mine. Is it going to be liquid or powder? It's a powder. And are you going to sell it online or through stores or some other method? Both. Yep, I will sell it online and through stores. And how are you dealing with the packaging for that? Sure. My packaging is a 100% cardboard, a recycled cardboard. It's 100% recyclable and 100% compostable. And it's also engineered in a way where it doesn't require a plastic liner on the inside, whereas most powdered products do. So I've completely eliminated the need for a plastic liner. So I'm hoping to be a plastic-free company. That's great. Uh, Probably about a year ago, I bought some powdered laundry detergent. They actually called it laundry soap, and I don't know what the brand was. It was in a brown paper bag. I think it may have had a plastic liner, Mm -hmm. but the problem that I had with it was that I couldn't use it. Because what I was supposed to do was dissolve it into some hot water because I I tried to do my laundry in cold water. So they said dissolve it in hot water before I put it into the laundry machine. And when I mixed it with hot water, what happened was it became a very large, solid block of soap, basically, and not something that I could put in with my clothes. I assume your detergent doesn't do that? No, it's just a powder. I've used it in cold water, warm water, hand washing, machine washing, every kind of, you know, every kind of machine, and I've never had any problems with it. The detergent I used, I think it had, I know one of the ingredients was borax. I don't know what else was in it. Yes, I do not use borax because there's a lot of controversy around it, and being trained as an environmental studies major, I like to practice something called the precautionary principle, which means if there's any kind of controversy around doing something, you err on the side of caution, you don't do it. So that's why I chose the ingredients that I did because, you know, they're they're relatively non-contentious and what I feel to be the safest. And after the laundry detergent, what type of other products are you planning? 
it's kind of limitless what I could do, but I'm hoping to do kind of an all-purpose countertop slash floor cleaner. I would like to do a glass cleaner, all different kinds of home cleaning products. What stage is the business at right now? I know your Kickstarter campaign ended like just a few weeks ago, I think, or very recently. So I'm still waiting to get my money from Kickstarter. And then once I do, I'll be able to, you know, get a space, start ordering my packaging and my ingredients. So then I can start actually producing the product and shipping it out. But as of right now, I'm just kind of waiting to get the money because I can't do much before then. So a typical day right now is waiting around? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. There's a whole other side. You know, I'm still working on my blog a lot, and I'm still building a store list for where I will sell. Um, I'm dealing with you know, kind of building all the infrastructure for, you know, when I get the money in, I can kind of just press go and everything will fall into place. Also, because of all the, the press that's ensued from the articles that I've written, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately, it's a lot of time is designated towards doing press stuff. And it's just bouncing around from thing to thing. And when do you expect your first products to actually be available to buy? Most likely in March, if my timeline, you know, and everything goes according to plan. And the place to get updates on that, I assume, is thesimplyco.com? Yes. If you go to thesimplyco.com, there's a little button that you can click that says Get Updates, and you can just fill in your information and be updated on when the products will go out and where they're being sold, etc. And just for listeners, the Simply Co., that is spelled... The simply and then co dot com. T h e s i m p l y c o dot com. All right. A few other questions not related to your business specifically. If you could convince everyone on the planet to make some change to how they live to move them towards a more environmentally friendly lifestyle, what would you suggest? Or maybe another way to word the question is: What are some of the easiest changes that people can make that would have uh, still have a large impact? The easiest ones for me were things like composting my food scraps, buying food in bulk, making really simple things, you know, transitioning out little by little. So starting to make your own toothpaste, transitioning out a plastic toothbrush that will go straight to landfill for a biodegradable or compostable bamboo toothbrush, transitioning to taking your lunch in stainless steel or glass or cotton as opposed to Ziplocs, I would say, bringing your own jar to fill up at a coffee shop as opposed to getting to go coffee cups and most definitely bringing your own reusable bags to the store as opposed to taking a plastic or paper one. And where does recycling fit into your whole life? Do you, do you recycle? I do recycle. There's not much that I recycle anymore, save like the inside of toilet paper rolls or paper sometimes, but besides that, not much. So you, you do use toilet paper. I know some people are really yes. extreme and they, they use the, I don't remember what they're called, but family, yeah, family which is wipes something or something. I'm definitely supportive of. I haven't done it yet, but. And just in case listeners don't know, that's reusable toilet paper basically. Yeah, it's like a little cotton cloth, yeah, that you just wash. I mean, I think those are really cool. I definitely think I'll do that when I have a baby and use that for them. So who knows where I'll be by then. But, yeah, I do use toilet paper if you understand how the wastewater treatment process works, which I do because I used to work for the agency that does wastewater treatment. You know that the toilet paper, predominantly all the toilet paper is made from recycled paper just because it's cheaper and that's how the industry works. 
And then also it will biodegrade in the wastewater treatment process. So it actually doesn't even become a waste product. Who do you admire most in the whole environmental movement? Ever in... Yeah, living or dead. I think Rachel Carson, for sure. You know, just reading her book scared the shit out of me. And I think that's pretty awesome when someone is so powerful that they can do that. She really opened my eyes to what humans can do as far as, like, the negative aspects of their actions and uh, really changed my life. So, for sure, I would say Rachel Carson and specifically her book, Silent Spring. And I think you may have just answered my last question, which is if you could convince everyone on the planet to read one book or watch one documentary, which would it be? Oh, there's so many good ones. List off more than one if you have more than one. Yeah, for sure. Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. Eating Animals by Jonathan Sackham Four, Gasland by Josh Fox. There's a really good documentary called King Corn that talks about industrial corn farming, which really scared me. And I really enjoyed the newer documentary Fed Up, which talks about the impacts of sugar on the American population, which is, you know, not so much trash related, but it does have to do with the processed food industry, which is a insanely waste heavy industry. So yeah, those would be my suggestions. You mentioned, I don't know if it was a book or a documentary, but you said, you mentioned something, Eating Animals? Eating Animals, yes. That's a book by Jonathan Safran Ford. He's the same author that wrote Everything is Illuminated and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. It's basically a book that talks about the effects of factory farming. On the, the animals or on the environment? or both? Animals, environment, it's kind of a holistic view of that industry. And it's really, to me, a, well, a well-written and palatable book. It's a really touchy and uncomfortable subject, and I think he does a really good job at making it readable. All right. Well, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been great. For everyone listening, please visit Lauren's blog at trashisfortossers.com yep. and her company at thesimplyco.com, where you can get some environmentally friendly laundry detergent and more in the future. And I will post those links as well as all the other links that you mentioned, including those books and documentaries. Awesome. On thegreenpodcast.com and also on thegreenpodcast.com you can find out about other episodes and you can also find us on iTunes and Lauren, thank you very much again. Thank you. This is so much fun.